From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Palouse PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, where we break down everything that's going on in District 2 athletics week in, week out. All those teams up north that never get the love and attention they deserve. We bring it to you each and every week, breaking down the biggest stories in District 2. I'm Brandon Bainey, and normally I'm joined by Garrison Hardy, as you heard in the intro, but he is off this week, taking some well-deserved time off here with the Labor Day holiday uh, in the rearview mirror. So uh, I was racking my brain, trying trying to come up with a good idea to uh, have some co-hosts fill in. And I think we came up with a pretty good solution. I'd like to welcome in representing the Prairie Pirates from Cottonwood, Coach Ryan Hasselstrom, as well as Brody Hasselstrom, All-State running back. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, Brandon. Good to be on. I hope we can do justice to it. <laughs> yeah, Thank I I, I told Garrison, uh, you know, the, the seat might be permanently filled uh, when you come yeah. back. So, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Brody, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, let's talk about uh, what's been going on since uh, last time you guys took the field. You had you had a bye week. So, uh, Coach, how, how did you uh, spend the week off? Uh, yeah, we didn't get a week off. Uh, we didn't have a game, but you know, we practiced every day. Um, you know, a lot of things to work on. That first game of the year, we had some new bodies and new positions and, and you know, a lot of stuff on film and things we needed to work on. So uh, we've added some things into the playbook. We've got guys a little bit more dialed in, you know, on, on our, our scheme and our fundamentals and just try to stay healthy and get through it. And, and uh, we had a good week. Yeah, so like you said, obviously a week full of practices. What, what did you do on Friday? If you didn't have a game, we actually took Friday off. Okay. So right. we, gave, we gave him Friday off and uh, there was only one game up here in the area, but um, Brody and I, and my wife, Lisa went down to college of Idaho and did a visit down there and, and watched the Oats play this last weekend. So it was kind of fun. Okay. Brody, how was the trip? It was fun. It's a good experience. Cool atmosphere. What did you like most about the campus down there? Uh, It's kind of like an older it's kind of an older campus, so it feels like you're in the culture like from back then. It's kind of cool. Yeah, back for then. sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I grew up in Montana originally, and I lived for a time in Haver, Montana, where MSU Northern is. They're in the same conference as the College of Idaho. And I, I was actually living up there when the College of Idaho decided to bring football back. Uh, that was probably, I don't know, what, six or seven years yeah. ago now. And you could tell right away that like, they were going to be pretty competitive right right out of the gate because there's so many – I feel like there's so many good players in Idaho that fall through the cracks, right? We think of the big Division One universities, but there's there's a lot of good quality players that the, the bigger universities uh, mistakenly pass on. What, what do you guys think about that? I agree with you. You know, they, we had, they had some of their uh, um, boosters, alumni guys, I guess, come up back in, in 2014, 13, 14, when they were getting ready to start it and – and we knew that it would, you know, it'd be a successful program playing in the Frontier Conference. They get a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good athletes in Idaho. There's a lot of good ones in the Boise Valley, up north, all eastern Idaho, everywhere. But you also get those kids that maybe want to be in Boise, transferring, but can't play at Boise State. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a great recruiting base right there. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of kids from north to south to play. And, you know, I mean, 
there's it's tough playing against Montana. You know, Montana's the same way. They recruit really, really well in the state of Montana for all their all their colleges there in the Frontier Conference. But yeah, the Oats have, you know, they've kind of proven that they're gonna be a force in that conference for sure. For sure. Uh Brody, are there any other schools you're considering or schools on your list? Yeah, there's a few. Uh Montana Tech is another one. And then there's Dickinson State, Minot State, just some other ones like that, but nothing too serious yet. So sure. Uh, let's talk about uh you. I mean, you had a, a all time great season last year, obviously. What kind of goals did you set for yourself? How how do you how do you top what you did a year ago? My goals for this year? Yeah. And out on top and win <laughs> win a ring. Right. Right. Um, but uh I don't know. Personal goals. I just want to play better than I did last year, try and reach that goal, but just end out on top this year actually and try to cut back on simple mistakes and maybe get vision a little bit better so I can actually open up more. Yeah. Uh, how much did it did the way last season ended with with a game that was like right there and just a heart stopping loss? How much did that motivate you and your teammates in the offseason to get better, train harder, get ready for for another deep run? Yeah, it's a talk that we sadly have a lot that we wish we didn't. It haunts me a lot. I'll just be driving in my car and it'll come into my head. But I think it's motivated a lot of the kids who played last year, like actually in that game and know what it was like and actually like put it all on the, on the field. They kind of just know that they need to step up in the weight room so that doesn't happen, happen again and just need to make smarter decisions and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, coach, how do you, how do you motivate your guy? Do you probably didn't have to do much motivating, right? It was probably the players took on a lot of that ownership. The yeah, they did. You know, I, I try not to bring it up too much. You know, it's, it's in the past. It's last year. It was, it was heartbreaking and you know, everybody knows that it's in the back of their mind. It's a motivator for them. And, you know, we got a pretty good group of, of returning guys that were on the field there for four quarters. So, you know, that they're going out playing extremely hard already this year and they did work very very hard in the weight room we have a, our senior classes has really put in a lot of time in the weight room so you know hopefully it pays dividends this year that's that's all we can work for is this year not last year so you know we'll see what happens yeah 100% T tell me a little bit about this senior class obviously Brody you're a part of that but who who are the other guys that are leaders of your team you know, me or him uh go ahead Brody okay so Say another big one is TJ Hibbert, obviously, uh, our other running back. Just, I don't know, he has a motor that runs nonstop, never gets tired, and always makes big plays. Hard to bring down, too. And then there's Lane Shoemaker, obviously our quarterback now, who played a lot defensively last year, but not a whole lot offensively in that game. But he's grown a lot, got in the weight room, too, so expect big things there. And then... Wyatt Ross, he's a receiver now, and he played some receiver in that game too. He's another one that's grown and been in the weight room a lot too, so I think expect big things out of him also. Uh, Jesse Cronin, he's another guy who's just kind of been there the whole time, and he he's like very smart offensive or football-wise and knows what to do. So, yeah, I think that's a big part. Yeah. So, so you mentioned uh, your your partner in the backfield, the running back. Do you guys complement each other? Do you bring different skill sets to the running back position? 
Yeah, so it's kind of funny. When he first moved here, it was a big competition of who who was better all the time. We were always competing, which was good. Made us both That better. was like the fourth grade. Yeah, <laughs> if that even. I think we are in Pee Wee. But, uh, yeah, we compliment each other all the time. Or, hey, nice move. Way to read that. Just we we know that we can't put each other down. Yeah, we're on the same team, so we both have the same goal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, tell me about so fourth grade. What's what's the youth football scene like up where you guys are? Oh, um, you want it? No, you got it. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it, these guys started when they were in the second grade. So this group of of guys have been playing together for basically for ten years now. So I got to coach them in second, third, fourth grade. You know, a little bit off and on in fifth and sixth grade, and and so yeah, I mean it, it's you know, they play 11 man. We try to get all the kids in. Every kid gets to play. Um, we left practice tonight at six o'clock and there were probably 35 or 40 kids from third grade through sixth grade up in our elementary, um, grass area up there practicing peewee football. So it's good. It's been a, it's been a change in the atmosphere at about 2005 or 2006 is when we, we kind of implemented the peewee program. And it's been, it's been a great feeder and getting excitement for, for the town of Cottonwood and for our program. Yeah. So I, I assume you play other peewee teams from, from neighboring towns or. Yeah. Kamiai, Clearwater Valley, Orfino, Grangeville, uh, Lapway. So yeah, those teams mainly. I've, I've seen on social media this year in Lewiston. I don't know if they just restarted it or just started it, but there's a youth football league in Lewiston that everyone is really excited about. And, uh, they've got like eight or nine teams lined up. And so I've seen that on social media quite a bit. So I, I'm always curious what youth football is like in, in different parts of the state. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of it. Liston's always got some teams and then, you know, Kendrick, Kendrick Deary kind of do a team together. Um, I don't know if Troy has one, but you know, most of the Moscow's got teams. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of that from basically third grade to the sixth grade. Yeah, for sure. So let, I mean, let's talk about this year. You guys uh, opened up with uh, the eight man classic. First of all, uh, how long has that been going on? Do you know where that started? I mean, I love it. I, I've only lived in Idaho for three years, so my perspective is limited, well, but I, I love it. I want to say this is probably the fifth year, 60 we know, got canceled last year, but um, Travis Mater, who's our athletic director, and Randy Spath, who is the athletic director down at, at Raft River, kind of got together and just started discussing it, you know, back in the, I think it's probably the 17, 16, 17 season, somewhere right around there. And I think we ended up playing Valley. We played Valley down there one year. We played Raft River down there a year. Um, it got canceled last year. We were supposed to play, I think we were supposed to play Oakley last year and it got canceled. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been going on for four or five years and it's just getting bigger and bigger. You know, I think we had all the, you know, had four games in one day down there. And it's just, it's, an, it's neat to get teams from all across the state to play early in the season and get, a, get kind of a feel for how the competition is going to be around the state. Yeah. So let, let's talk about your specific matchup. You guys came out and, and uh, based upon the final score, looked really strong. What did you like from that, that season opening victory two weeks ago? Um, I like the way we finished, <laughs> you know, we started off a little bit rough, uh, which is to be expected. Um, you know, you just got some new guys in some, in some positions. Glenn's Ferry played great. I thought defensively against our run game early on. Um, they were real aggressive that way. Uh, I thought our defense 
you know, we, we had some breakdowns here and there in some spots, but we, we, we held up when we needed to and kept them from scoring too much. But, you know, we really kind of opened it up uh, middle of the second quarter, got our passing game going a little bit to complement the run game. And then, uh, but third quarter, we kind of blew it wide open in the third quarter. So, yeah, I, I was happy with it. You know, it was, there's always stuff to work on, you know, we're never going to settle for, for mediocrity, you know, so it just gives us something on film that we can look at and, and try to get better and improve on. So that's our goal this week. Yeah. Brody, what were your takeaways from that win over Glens Ferry? It was a fun game. Like we've never played Glens Ferry before. So it was kind of a fun, it was fun in that way, I guess. Uh, the one thing that I liked about it is they didn't really ever like give up. They were still physical throughout the whole game. Like they were still going there all, and they had a few good players that were fun to play against and super physical. But I guess we just were able to pull through on that. But yeah, it was a fun game. Yeah, I, and they're in such a tough league, just like you guys are. It's just everybody is so tough week in week out. And I, I like Glens Ferry a lot this year. I think they've got some potential. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so also at the eight man classic, you had the entire final four from last year, right? You guys in Oakley and uh, Raft River and Lighthouse Christian. Did you, did you get to watch any of those other guys or were you pretty wrapped up in what you guys were doing? Well, we got there about right at the end of the Kendrick Lighthouse game. We were kind of watching a little bit of it on Idaho sports on, on the bus ride down. Um, and that was a, you know, that was a game I ex- kind of expected Kendrick to win because they're, they're athletic. They're a good bunch this year. It was a, it was a tight, good, good ball game. Uh, the Oakley, you know, Oakley Lapway game, uh, you know, Oakley's just, they just got a program, you know, they just know how to win. And, you know, Lapway's super athletic this year. You know, they get everything figured out. They're going to be, they're going to be a tough out, uh, in our league for sure. And then, you know, CV didn't, you know, didn't kind of perform maybe the way they got, they got the short stick, you know, I would guess, because Raft River's loaded. They're big and physical and, and athletic. So, you know, they, I know their coach, they're not happy with the way they played. And we have them, you know, on the schedule this Friday and they'll be ready to redeem themselves a little bit. But we got to watch a little bit of that about half of the CV game really is about all we got to watch. And then okay, doing our thing. Brody, which team impressed you the most besides uh, Glenn's Ferry uh, for, of the other teams that you saw? That played that weekend? Yeah. Uh, I'd say Lapway. Uh, it's kind of a thing where Lapway, I don't know, they've just showed up a lot more this year and have a lot more athletic kids than they did in the past. And I think that they maybe are taking it more seriously this year. And they played a lot better than I did than I expected, especially when I heard that they were up in the first half. And so against Oakley, I was like, okay, Lapway could be actually pretty decent this year because I know that they have a lot of athletic kids playing them in basketball. They're all just, they're very athletic. So I'd say that's a team that stood out the most to me for sure. Yeah. The, the white pine league is going to be, I, I, I think it's the most entertaining league in, in, in the state. I mean, every game is always good. It seems like the offenses are always really good. And, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. I think the league is is really wide open this year. There wasn't much consensus. You know, we did those uh, preseason questionnaires we sent out to every coach. We sent one to you, Coach Hasselstrom, and uh, everybody kind of filled out their their preseason uh, coaches poll. And there was it was all over the place. There was, nobody could really pin down where everybody was going to finish. And I, I think it's going to be a really competitive league. But what do you think? I, I, I agree with you hundred percent, you know, and you look at potlatch who everybody kind of had written off maybe, you know, being near the bottom, but 
they're so well coached and they got, they got the kids out that they didn't graduate hardly anybody. You know, they had a good, good sound win over Troy last Friday night. You know, Troy's got good numbers coming up and some, you know, new coaching kind of coming back in and, and they'll do some things. Lapway's super athletic. Genesee's, they're scary. You know, they got some real talent coming from Colton there too. And with that co-op, you got the addition of Logos, you know, they're going to be athletic. We played them in basketball and they got a good draw of student athletes from up there and CV is going to be super physical. You know, they're going to be tough. Kamiya is going to be tough. Uh, it's it's going to be fun week in and week out. There's no doubt. Yeah. So Brody, after a week off, how excited are you to to jump back into action and, and right away with one of those teams that's looking to knock you guys off the top perch, CV, Clearwater Valley. How excited are you? Yeah, I'm extremely excited, especially when you, I mean, we practiced for two weeks before that game at the eight man classic. And then when you have to practice a whole nother uh, week without a game, you just are, yeah, definitely ready for it. It's a long time of just practicing and not ga- and not playing games. So uh, I think we'll be ready to rock and roll for sure, though. Yeah. As a coach, Ryan, do you, how, do you try to break up the monotony of when you have so many practices in, in a three-week span? What do you do to, to change things up? Yeah, you know, we, sh- we shorten practice down to about an hour and a half. Um, try to do just more individual drill stuff. Uh, we don't go real heavy on the contact, you know, trying to keep guys healthy, but just, just focus on the fundamentals, you know, and try to add some new wrinkles, add some new stuff, get the kids thinking, you know, and, and, and trying to use their brain a little bit and try to keep them in shape and keep them engaged. And, you know, we didn't spend, we didn't spend much time last week working on CV stuff, you know, cause we knew we would prep for it this week. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's good. I, I don't like bye weeks. I'd rather play every Friday, but you know, sometimes it comes through the schedule that way. And, and we'll be ready to go. Yeah. Well, I will say the schedule situation is a lot better this year than last year where everything was just so chaotic, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. How did, how did going through a year like that where COVID-19 impacted everything, how, how did that make you better as a coach? You know, I know we didn't, we didn't really experience too much um, cancellations. You know, we had Genesee ended up canceling late in the year on us. Um, you know, we had one cancel with Timberline, but that was because of smoke, I think, with the fire up there. Um, you know, so we, we ended up just only losing those two games. But our guys, you know, they 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 stuck to their guns and they did everything that they needed to do last year. And, and we performed really well um, as a coach. You know, you you just you try to keep their mind on football, I guess, during the most part of it and enjoy every moment, because last year you really didn't know. I mean, it, it literally could have been over in one day they could have just shut everything down again. So we enjoyed the moments that we had last year. You know, we got to almost the pinnacle of the season and, you know, we just came up a little bit short there, but you know, it just, it just makes you, I guess, as a coach, just enjoy the moments, you know, and don't take things for granted. Yeah. Well, we're excited to, to see you guys uh, take the field again because you had such a great debut and then I was looking for you last week and I was like, Oh man, they're out there on the bye week. Okay. We were off. CV was off. You know, yeah. they also, and so, yeah. And, and Cami, I had their game canceled. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of a light schedule last week. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely excited to see you guys take on uh, Clearwater Valley. Uh, what, what makes them uh, such a good program? Because they are, they, they really turned the corner last year, I think. And I think they're looking to take uh, that next step this year. Yeah. I think last year was their third year in a row of making the playoffs. So they, they've kind of been building. They've had a really good 
Um, their, their youth program has been good. Their junior high program has been good. Um, the coach I got there right now, Coach Hutchins, you know, he's – I think the kids really like him. He's a great guy. Um, the kids buy into it, you know, and it, they've just got a group. Even though they graduated some pretty good seniors last year, they've got a good group of guys that have worked hard in the weight room. And, I mean, they're tough. I mean, they're, they're Kuski kids. You know, if you've ever been to Kuski, you know, they're just tough, physical, hard-nosed athletes. So, um, you know, they bought into it. And they see that they've had a, you know, they've been in the playoffs, so they kind of know what that feels like, and they're ready to take the next step. There's no doubt about it. Yep, for sure. The other big game I think that uh, no, uh, White Pine League fans are going to want to watch is, uh, or, or fans up north in District Two is going to be you. You alluded to it that Kendrick versus Oakley matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you have a? Can you give me a breakdown of that game? Do you know both teams uh, kind of well enough to give me some sort of idea how it's going to go? I, I know them too well. That's the problem. <laughs> um, you know, Oakley. It's just Oakley's just got their tradition. You know, they lost I think nine seniors, and I mean they, they they lost pretty much their whole starting crew last year. But they had a ton of numbers, and they had a lot of young guys that got good playing experience last year. They're not as big. You know, I think they're a little more athletic maybe than they were last year. So that kind of fits in with Kendrick, where Kendrick's not super big either, but they are very athletic, and they got probably one of the best quarterbacks in the state um, So and some receivers that can go with it. So I think, you know, if they can if, – if Kendrick can step up and, and be confident playing against, you know, that, that tier above them like they did against Lighthouse – you know, and they can get some stops. I think it's it could be anybody's ball game. It, it should be a really good football game. Yeah. Uh, other games in the uh, 1A ranks that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, Cami is playing. Uh, Logos, you've got. That's a big one. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a big one. Yeah, let, let me ask uh, Brody, what's it like having, uh, for, for the first three years of high school, you had this uh, seven-team league, and now all of a sudden you've got this eighth newcoming wild card team thrown in. What, what's that been like? It's different. I it's don't really know what to expect. I mean, our JV played them last year, but um, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, we played them in basketball last year, so we kind of know some athletes there and some they got some good athletes. But it's exciting because you look forward to playing a new team every year. Like you hear you see someone new on your schedule. Like last year we had Kendrick, and that was exciting because we usually didn't get to play Kendrick. So it's just exciting to get a new team on the schedule and definitely in our league too. Yeah. Did, did they, did they play the JV games at the same site? They're playing the varsity games this year in, in Moscow, that city park yeah. with the corn, wheat fields behind it or. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be a couple of years in the, in the making, but they, they got the field done last year and I think they're building their school. They're probably in the process of that somewhere right now. They're building their church and their school there right now. So yeah, it's going to be, it's a neat setting out there in, in East, in East Moscow. And, they got a good draw of kids, you know, so they'll be competitive. And Kendra, poor Camia, you know, they, they've been practicing since August 10th or something. And they, they got canceled on last week. So I'm sure they're going to be chomping at the bit to get, get on the field and play a real game. So it'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, other big matchups, you got Troy at Lapway and then a battle of one and oh teams, Potlatch at Genesee. I think that could be a really interesting game as well. Um, when we look at the two A programs, you've got Orofino that's uh, trying to build back. They're playing Kellogg. That's going to be tough. I got to say, I'm pretty surprised that Grangeville is going to play Weezer, and, and Grangeville comes in zero and two because they've been such a a good program uh, the last several years. 
you guys obviously encountered Grangeville at the youth level and then kind of went your different ways. But do you do you keep an eye on those bigger schools like like Grangeville, Moscow, Lewiston, or are you kind of just focused on the one A's? Now, Grangeville is like 12 miles from us. So right. they're really close. And, you know, all the kids know each other. But, you know, they, they play up in, in competition all the time. You know, they barely lost to Moscow. Um, they did get got a handed to him by Bonner's Ferry last week. You know, and I know coach wasn't very happy about the way they performed there, but it'd be a tough one against Weezer. But, you know, they I don't know if they have McCall on their schedule either, but McCall's really, really good. But they, the CIL league is just it's there's just not much there. There's only three teams. You go St. Mary's, which is clear up north or Fino, which is in our area and then Grangeville. So they they got to branch out and go find somebody else to play in the 11 man ranks. And there's no there's no other small 11 man schools around here. So. Yeah, they always move up and 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 compete very very well. So they're gonna they're gonna be good, even though they're zero and two right now. They've they've lost games to pretty good competition. Yeah, and their schedule was completely almost wiped out because of COVID last year. So it's yeah, nice. It's bad. I think that four games total or some is sad. Yeah, pretty pretty rough. Uh, Brody, how have the other sports been going at, at Prairie? It's it seems like it's contagious, right? Even the the girls, you know, volleyball, basketball always seems to be really good. Baseball in the spring is always really solid. How, how is everything else going athletics wise at Prairie High? It's a good thing that we got going on because like uh, sports is just a big thing of our school. Like can't take away academics either, but uh, it's just kind of what our whole community looks forward to is our sports that we got going. And we've had a solid group of athletic kids for the past, I don't know, 10, 10 years. So it's just exciting to see like the class that comes up behind us and the class that we got going now. And just some competition is tough that they got going on here. But I think I am excited to see what happens with this, all the sports this year. So. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be another banner year at Prairie High for sure. Brody, you mentioned academics. Obviously, you want to play college football at the next level. Do you know what you want to study? Are you just going to go general at first and figure it out? It changes all the time. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, no, I've, I don't know. See, if you get this answer out of him, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll buy you dinner. It, <laughs> yeah, it changes a lot. Might have to tell you an answer so I can go to dinner too, but uh, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, this is possibly, but I don't know. We'll so, so, sorry, say that again. Criminal justice is a possibility, but it just depends on where I would go to school at. Sure. That, that's going to be a big part of it, right? It depends yeah. on what programs are available at whatever school you go to. And and so trying to play college football at the next level, does it change much for a running back going from eight-man to 11-man football? Yeah, I mean, I got – there's Cole Martin that goes to CFI now. And we were in the backfield together. Well, his junior year for the majority of the for the majority of the time, and uh, for a game last year. But he's he's said that it's very very different. Um, just a lot more things to get a hold on, and just changing to kind of the ball carrying and uh, agility type of ways that the colleges want you to do is just different. So yeah, it's going to be a change for sure. Which I think college coaches might – that's one thing why they kind of overlook eight-man kids is because they might want 11-man kids who already know, like, the, the majority of the stuff, and eight-man kids have a harder time grabbing hold of it for sure. Yeah, uh, so you you got kind of two things working against you, uh, Ryan. I feel like the eight-man players typically are – 
are not looked at the same way as the 11 man players are. But then also I feel like up North where you guys are, you just don't get a lot of the attention and respect that you guys deserve. You know, you're kind of almost forgotten up there sometimes. Yeah. You know, the recruiting thing is, it's really, really hard coming from an eight man school. Um, and there's not, yeah, you know, I mean, you got the University of Idaho, you know, that's about it. And that's, that's pretty big time football for the state of Idaho. And you go down South and you got Boise state and ISU, which is big time football. And so college of Idaho, that NAIA level, you know, we got a lot of kids that can play NAIA level football. And I think, you know, I, I know the coaches at Montana tech and, and around the frontier conference and, and they love eight man guys because eight man guys are, they're just tough nosed, you know, and defensively they love them because they can cover a lot of ground, you know, athletically, I think, I think some of the best athletes are eight man. Um, but th- there is a s- scheme difference, you know, that, that you got to learn defensively and offensively. There's just more guys out there and, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta learn the system a little bit more, but if you can play football, you can play football, whether you're eight man or 11 man. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, we're going to look forward to, uh, watching the Prairie Pirates play football all season long. Uh, I think we're going to do a couple of games on IdahoSports.com. So it's good. It's going to be fun to watch you guys uh, throughout the season. And I'm sure we're going to cross paths, uh, in, in the postseason as well, but, uh, one win under your belt and, and now you start conference play and we're, we're really excited to, to see how it goes for you guys. Uh, Ryan Hasselstrom, Brody Hasselstrom. Thank you for joining us here on the Palouse Prepcast. This, this was really fun. Yeah, that was good. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it, Brandon. Of course. And Garrison Hardy will be back uh, next week in, in the director's Good. chair. Good. So we don't have to do this every week. <laughs> well, we've got we've got you on retainer in case we need to pull you out again. So. Sounds good. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yep, yep. Thank you. Take care. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this edition of the uh, Palouse Prepcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll uh, have plenty to talk about from that Prairie Clearwater Valley game. And of course, Lewiston and Moscow and all the other things going on next week. So uh, make sure you come on back. Uh, the audio version of this uh, podcast, wherever you download your podcast. So you can also uh, get it at our website, idahosports.com or the video. If you want to see what we all looked like tonight, uh, you can uh, get the video of this at uh, the idahosports.com Facebook page or the YouTube channel. So until next time, thanks for tuning into the Palouse Prepcast here on idahosports.com.